Hi everybody, we're joined today by Mei, the creator behind the Webtoon Canvas series, First Ones Out. The story follows a cast of six soon-to-separate friends in their last few months of high school in Bangkok, a time we can all recall as hectic and a bit scary to internalize. It was a fun time talking through Mei's story, learning about how she carved out a path forward in art by getting a scholarship to animation school, how what she learned in uni has helped improve First Ones Out in both story and art, and how to maintain a good headspace through the challenging journey that is storytelling. Here's May. Hello, May. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us today. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Give a brief intro. I'm May. I am a 21-year-old Thai animation student, and I love to tell stories, and I love to draw, and I love to tell stories through drawing. <laughs> so how did you get into animation? Well, I I pretty much grew up on it. It was um the only form of media that I enjoyed growing up, and uh, I guess it, it only seemed natural that I would pursue it in the future, I guess, even though there was definitely like a struggle on the way there, because... I mean, I I feel like a lot of people can understand trying to convince your parents to let you go into the art industry. <laughs> and uh, what, what do you think kind of tipped it over the edge? What do you think helped you get where you needed to be to then pursue animation as a full-time career? Well, I I scored a scholarship. That's that's pretty much what happened. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> what was the scholarship like and what did you have to do to get it? That's an incredible achievement, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. It, I mean... It it was a it was a combination of a lot of scholarships, but I basically just I went to an interview and I told them my situation and they looked at my work and they decided that I was a good fit I guess <laughs> and here I am. That's incredible. And uh, so you know, as you were you know, you said you you love to draw. What yeah. would you draw kind of in the past before you started going to school? What were the types of things that you enjoyed drawing and telling? Oh, purely people. I you would not catch me drawing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I um I I was very passionate about just capturing characters and the people that I saw around me. I always found so much beauty in everyone's different features, I guess. So you started making a webcomic in 2019. Yeah. It sounds like you're not one to like shy away from doing a shit ton of work. So props for that. <laughs> so how did you like get into like, okay, I like animation, but I'm gonna make a comic now? How was that for you? So like funny thing, I don't really like identify as a comic artist. I, I've, always <laughs> okay. been, I've always been like more of an illustrator growing up, but I wanted to go into animation because I like storytelling so much and I wanted to replicate all the amazing stuff I saw growing up. But I mean, in even in terms of first ones out, I don't really like see it as a comic. Like in my head, that's an animated show. It's just in comic form for everyone else. Uh, interesting. So I mean, I'd love to start talking about, you know, First Ones Out. It takes place in a international high school in, in Bangkok. So how did you kind of come up with the world and the, and the story? It was basically very much a case of write what you know. I, I grew up in a school like that in Bangkok. Pretty much like every uh, dynamic that you see in that comic, I've experienced at some point. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I had all these grandiose oh, like dystopian drama fantasy ideas, but my world building skills were definitely not there yet. So I was just like, you know what, let's just condense it to high school and let's condense it to the last three months. Yeah, you picked the last three months, which um, is like a period that I find really fun because like you want to get the most out of spending time with your friends. You're looking forward to the future. Right. It's like a very exciting time. So 
How did you decide to narrow in on that period? Well, it was mostly because I was going through that exact thing. <laughs> Mm. And it was uh, it was definitely difficult. I'm not good with change, as you know. All my friends were, you know, off to different futures and whatnot. I decided to vent all my feelings into a story, and then that story became a comic. So let's talk about the characters. Then, are there characters that you know you sort of feel like, oh yeah, that is a little bit more like me? And are there characters that are closer to your friends? How did you come up with the characters and the people? They are all based off of either my experiences or like the people that I know. I'm sure we've all known, you know, like a really loud guy in class, like Dante, for example, mm. <laughs> or like that quiet kid who doesn't really talk, like 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 Jamie. I definitely put a lot of myself in Tulip, and I think people can tell they they really all own some of my traits for sure, all, all of them. Mm. So how do you go from like okay, these are characters that are based on things I know, kind of making them their own characters because obviously you don't want to. Make characters that are just carbon right. copies of people you know. So, yeah, yeah. so, what was your process for like making them characters as opposed to just copies of things that you already knew? I'm a huge media consumer. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just you know read so much as a kid, and I watched so much stuff growing up. All the character tropes that I found interesting just kind of like ingrained itself into my head. And mm. as I experienced the world, like in high school, I started to apply all these like tropes to all these you know real people, which. Honestly, in retrospect, I, sh- I probably shouldn't have done. <laughs> but <laughs> in a in a storytelling aspect, I think it's a really useful, I guess, like skill to have because when you take um, these real traits and these real experiences and you uh, put it in the lens of like a story and you apply tropes to it, um, it really adds to the uh, entertainment value, I guess you could say. So as you look back at you know your webtoon journey, your animation journey. Are there specific stories that you read or watched as you're growing up that you feel like have a big influence on the way you tell a story today? Oh my gosh, I have to say either Lilo and Stitch or the movie Tangle. Mm. Those two are, I think, it for me <laughs> because I mean, I've I've always loved the way that they in Lilo and Stitch, for example, the directors really found a great way to, I guess inject mature themes and make it palatable to a younger audience Mm. and I've always wanted to tell a story like that where when you're younger you can enjoy it but as you age and as you experience more you gain more emotional intelligence and then you look back and you're like oh my gosh that was what was happening Mm. so I I mean touching on themes there I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't had a (laughs) chance to read it yet but but what are the types of things that you wanted people to feel or walk away with as they read your story I did start this story as like an emotional 17 year old, <laughs> but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, it, it was never meant to be, you know, didactic, but I definitely think the core themes of the story is, uh, you know, empathy. You never know what someone else is going through and self-care, definitely self-care. I think a lot of the characters, they struggle with reaching out and asking for help. Tulip, the main character in particular, like she just struggles so hard with negative self-talk. Like her arc is kind of about getting over that. And I hope to, as the story continues, phase out that aspect of her. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch her go through that uh, evolution and that change. And in terms of just like making a comic, right. what, what did you know before? And like, <laughs> how did you figure things out? Oh, man, that's a great question. I, I'm just going to say that I wing everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a planner. Like, in no means am I a planner. I mean, obviously, after like three years, 
God, I, that's crazy. But after three years of, you know, consistently kind of doing this, you kind of get the hang of it. I just figured out my process as I went. And I think it's really obvious as you go through the comic because, oof, it looks rough at first. <laughs> are there things that you learn in animation school that you feel like are particularly helpful? It, it's interesting you said like, oh, I don't view myself as like a comic creator. You know, I'm like a storyteller that tells things through through drawing and yeah, <laughs> it's supposed to be, you know, it feels like an animated story, but it's in comic form. Like what are the things that you've learned in school rather that have helped you as you make a webtoon? Well, currently I'm uh, majoring in 2D animation, which is like kind of more technical, but I'm also minoring in storyboarding, which gives us more insight into, you know, staging, um, how, like cinematography and whatnot, and how to frame a scene to make it hit harder, pack more of an emotional punch, you know, if you will, <laughs> composition yeah. as well, like technical aspects of everything. But it really is the technical aspects that kind of brings everything together visually. I also learned a lot about visual psychology, as in like, you know, shape language, things of that sort. <laughs> So you mentioned that a uh, 2D animation major is not enough. I'm going to minor in storyboarding. <laughs> like, okay, that's a shit ton of work. So uh, how do you juggle your, your time? I know, you know, on episode one, you're like, you know, I don't know how often I'll be able to update. You kind of give everyone a heads up. Yeah. Uh, how, do you, how do you juggle what I'm sure is a really, really intense course load with <laughs> putting this comic that like people love reading? How do you juggle that? To be honest, I mean, yes, it's an intense course load, but... I honestly struggled more academically in high school than anything, and I still found time to do my own thing, I guess. I, I do my best to juggle everything, and when I can, I even um, use my own characters in assignments sometimes. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a treat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so um, in terms of characters and stuff, who's your, like, your most favorite character and your least favorite character? That's very hard to define, because I know for, I guess, some creators, they'd say, you know, their favorite is like the most morally upstanding character, but hmm. to me, it's the messed up ones that I like. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, so I would say like, gosh, it, it really fluctuates, but my favorite character to write might be like a tie between Sydney or Luke or Vivian hmm. to write at least. My least favorite characters just objectively has to be like, all the adults in the story because we do not do a good job of interacting with the children at all. <laughs> you do a great job of making the adults very unlikable too. So thank you. I'll give you a prompt. I read them I'm like I'm like dear, like they just need to stop. Is there someone that you like drawing the most? I have to say Dante because he's just kind of got that mm. permanent, you know, DreamWorks face going on, like one eyebrow up and shit. <laughs> Sorry, I'm <mean, I'm> just. <laughs> Yeah, we could swear. Okay, it's okay, Jacob's okay. Oh problem. <laughs> Jacob, it's our producer Jacob's problem to like bleep it out if he wants to. And I don't oh, okay, so okay. It's a, uh, it, it's totally safe to swear. <laughs> so let's talk about you know you put the story out there. Like, what kind of expectations did you have? like? What did you kind of want to get out of putting a a webtoon together and putting a story together? Um, well, I have always wanted to, um, I guess, like I said, like I had all these grand ideas and I really just wanted to like tell the world, but I never expected so much feedback from everybody, which is still very like hard for me to grasp to this day. Like I cannot believe how many people read my work. I think I just really wanted people to notice my storytelling tactics, if that makes any sense. Mm. Some readers in particular, you know, they'll like notice the symbolism I put in and that's just like the most flattering thing in the world to me so that's mm. I think that's what I was looking for 
you are nearly at 100k subscribers which is it's just like un, it must feel incre- incredible i mean how does that feel to like be at this size of a webtoon pretty unreal to be honest like it it doesn't for me to imagine like 100k people in a room is already like unfathomable to me i just feel so lucky <laughs> like so incredibly lucky you put out a very sort of heartfelt update i want to say roughly a week ago just talking about yeah. where you are in terms of telling the story do you want to share a little bit uh, about that I think there's only so much you can project onto your characters when it, until it starts to become a little bit like too close to home, if that makes any sense. Mm. And there's been a lot of like things similar to my characters that happened recently that really put a damper on my, I guess, creativity and also my desire to work on the comic, which is something I just figured out. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping to come back soon. I am working on the next episode, like right now. I, I appreciate I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm sure it was difficult for you to, you know, whether it's talking about on the pod or putting a post together, I'm sure it's it's really difficult. But um, do you mind talking a little bit about why you wanted to put something out there? Because, you know, I think it's very, very understandable if a creator is going through something difficult, yeah. um, they can just say, I, I need some time. And uh, a lot of the times, like there are, you know, a lot of good readers on Webtoon who understand. Um, do you mind talking about like why you wanted to, to say something during such a difficult time? Okay, well, um, I think the last thing I wanted to do was just kind of disappear <laughs> because mm. um, I know, you know, as a content consumer as well, I'm a huge content consumer. Um, I would, uh, I, I would be like, I guess I would worry for the creator whose content I was consuming. And uh, I guess there was, there was one part that also felt like I also felt very obligated to explain myself because it's like I said, it is so unreal that I even have any sort of platform whatsoever. And um, yeah, I just wanted to explain my situation in the most rational way I could. I'd love to talk a little bit about your audience because um, one of the things that comic creators kind of have challenge with, challenges with is how do I build an audience and like keep them engaged? Um, so I guess let's start with Instagram. When did you start using Instagram as like a place for you to showcase what you can do as an artist? Oh, well, probably the the one, th- like the art account that I have right now, I started posting pretty much like right after I graduated high school because that's when First Lens Out was pretty much born. <laughs> mm. I mean, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, it'll be like concept art for First Lens Out, which is pretty crazy. Mm. Like I've always been someone who was never like able to keep her work to herself I've always wanted to share it and I've always wanted to hear you know feedback about it do you think um Instagram is like an important place for artists to be whether you're a comic creator you want to be an animation student do you find it important sort of showcasing your work to me it is because obviously it's you know it was it was built as a photo sharing platform but um you know, social media evolves every day. There are artists that are completely like booming on TikTok right now, for example. What about your Patreon? Can you tell us a little bit about how you decided to start one? Yeah, sure. So mostly because I was a broke college kid. (laughs) But um, I also just wanted to um, have a place where I could give more avid readers who somehow want to monetarily support me, which is insane, by the way. But uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to have a place where I put out, you know, special content just for them. And that's mostly what I have on there, like 
behind the scenes stuff, line art, just a bunch of extra art that uh, won't be won't be posted publicly anywhere, at least not anytime soon after it was posted on there. Hmm. You know, one question we get is, you know, how do different artists come up with what they're going to offer on Patreon? How did you decide like, okay, like, you know, I saw that you like do cameos, you do like yeah. you said, line art and extra behind the scenes art. So how did you come up with what we like, you would offer? Well, I got the cameo idea from one of my good friends. I think the main draw of my comic is the characters. I'm I'm pretty aware that like there is a plot, but it's very it's very loose. You know, there it's it's like one of those high school shows that doesn't really have a plot. <laughs> so mm. I, I definitely think that the, the readers who consume my work they're there for the characters and their journey. So to have them be you know in the same world as those characters probably would feel like pretty cool I guess mm. but, yeah and to give on my Patreon I also give more insight into the characters um, designs and personalities and whatnot hopping back to Instagram really quickly do you think it's become more difficult for creators I I know that with reels and sort of right. content showing up on your Instagram that's not directly related to who you follow starting to pop up does that make life harder does it give you a new opportunity how is that affecting you so I don't know everything, but I know that um, the algorithm has changed quite a bit and it's made it's made it easier for creators to be shadow banned, which is like a real shame. And mm. um, it's now like, I, I think they changed up a bit where uh, instead of likes being like the forefront of what will make a post successful, it now it saves or it sends. It's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of little things that to be honest, I don't really keep up with. It's it's definitely more difficult for creators to get their work out there for sure, especially if they don't already have a platform elsewhere. And then you also started a Discord as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I love my Discord. I love everyone. <laughs> and I think they know <laughs> whenever I'm not active on Instagram or anywhere else, I will be active on Discord. It's definitely one of my, my more proud achievements, I guess you could call it. There's a very sweet community on there who's just very invested in my work. And every day I'm just so thankful that they're there. You know, it, it kind of just started for readers of the webcomic to discuss, discuss my writing and uh, my art and stuff. Mo that was mostly the main draw of it. But now... I think, you know, people have, you know, met, met friends on there, you know, we've had, I think, I think we've had the server for almost two years now, I want to say. Mm. And yeah, there's just some very sweet people and sweet friendships that were born from that. So it was just very cool. And then just, you know, talking about your comic as a whole, one of the things I really like about Webtoon is it gives people from all different types of backgrounds to come in and tell a story. And, you know, you come from a very unique background and perspective as well. And you know, you're able to tell a story that hits very close to home, obviously from like a characters and place standpoint of like, you know, international school in Thailand, all the way to like you talking about things that you've felt just as, as a person. Can you talk a little bit more about like just what it feels like to have shared that story and to get so many people who resonated with it? It's just pretty incredible. And I definitely like feel great that people uh, resonate with my characters because Another main theme of the story, I guess, is that uh, a lot of the characters feel that they're alone in what they're going through. Mm -hmm. But to have so many people relate to like specific characters is what really gets me. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I'll have I'll have friends who read the story and they'll come up to me and be like, I relate to Camila or someone else will be like, I relate to Sydney so much. And it just really touches my heart. <laughs> mm. So thinking ahead to the future, um, I mean, as like a uh, animation student, and you know we've had animation students come on the pod before. Do you think 
more animation students are going to sort of dip their toes or try things with webcomics? How do you see that evolving in the future? Oh, I, I actually really think so, yeah, because animation students, I think at least a lot of the people and friends that I've met in my, uh, in my time at animation school, they just really wanted to tell stories. Even if they're just doing the character animation for a character that's not theirs, they're still technically telling the story with their movements and emotions. And mm -hmm. I think that passion for storytelling will definitely leak into webcomics. <laughs> yeah, and do you have like peers that are making their own webcomics as well? I have some, but the main circle that I am around, they're mostly concentrated on their senior thesis films at the moment, which is hmm. absolutely incredible. And what do you want to do kind of in your future? What do you, I know you said you're not much of a planner. So if you're like, I, I need to do <laughs> that one day at a time, that's totally cool. But how do you, how are you thinking about your future? Hopefully, hopefully I will get a good job in the animation industry, preferably as a story artist, because as much as I love to animate, I think that I'm I'm much more big picture in terms of storytelling. Hmm. So I would I would love to become a storyboard artist somewhere. But for for the near future, I guess I do have a project lineup after first ones out is over, or maybe even during its run. Yeah, and it may or may not involve an animated pilot. We'll see. <laughs> Ooh, that is incredibly exciting. And the minute <laughs> you have any updates, please let us know because. Uh... We're obviously you. rooting for you. Thank you so much. Do you have any advice for anybody that's looking to make a webcomic? My first and foremost piece of advice is to keep it simple, please. <laughs> My biggest regret in terms of first ones out is how complicated I made the I made the art style. Even though it might not look that complicated, it's definitely taken a toll on my hand. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think to have everything planned out is a huge advantage. I think obviously I think that means a lot coming from me because I am not a planner. But <laughs> <laughs> I think just if you have your art style planned out, it doesn't have to stay consistent throughout the whole way, but just make it easy on yourself, have a beginning, middle, and end planned out, and I think you'll be good. <laughs> Following up on that, um, self-care is obviously like a really, I mean, it's, you know, you said it's one of the themes of your comic, right? Uh, and it's really, really hard, you know, whether it's an animator or a comic artist, it's, it's a physically taxing thing, it's a mentally taxing thing. Yeah. Do you have anything that you do or like tips to like also make sure that you're taking care of your yourself do you have any advice there as someone that's been doing this for a while I think a lot of like artists or creators struggle with imposter syndrome and any like, things of that sort because it's like a self-worth thing if that makes any sense so I think my best advice is to just spend a lot of time with loved ones and um you know ask for reassurance from your friends because uh you know that's, I mean, that's definitely something that I need to hear too, but you are more than what you make and it's okay to do nothing. That doesn't make you nothing. I appreciate you being uh, really open about that um, because it's obviously, it's really important. Um, and I know our, our listeners will feel reassured hearing it from someone like you. So appreciate you sharing that. Are you ready to close things out with our rapid fire round? Oh my gosh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> we end with like a very intense thing. Is it a good idea? I don't know, but it's fun. So we'll go with it. All right, I mean, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> First question, which fictional character best describes your personality? Oh my gosh. I'd say Rapunzel from Tangled, probably. Even though mm. she's, I, I think she's a lot more optimistic than I am. <laughs> <laughs> which um, three comics would you take with you on a desert island? Ooh, I would say Anne Lorella's Brass and Sass on Webtoon. I love that one. It's a huge um, comfort media of mine. And maybe the Attack on Titan manga, because I have to catch up. <laughs> 
I used to read a lot of um, Korean comics as a kid, but it would be translated into Thai, and I would probably read those. Would you bring the Thai uh, translation with you? I'm curious. Uh, yes, I would. <laughs> three different stories from three different uh, types of uh, places. That's pretty cool. What's your favorite scene from any comic that pops into your mind? Ooh, that's a great question. I would have to say from a recent comic that I bought at a Barnes and Noble, it's um, Beast Boy Loves Raven by uh, Gabriel Pick. Like it's drawn by. Mm. Gabriel Piccolo and written by Cami Garcia and there's a actually I is it okay if I spoil a little bit <laughs> yeah we'll say a spoilers heads up okay, okay spoiler alert um there's it's just the ending scene I think it's very sweet they they kiss but they kind of preface it with she she's like I'm gonna hurt you and so he's like don't hurt me then and that's I just thought it was a very sweet scene so yeah that's that's one of my favorites for sure I have not read that yet but I've heard a lot of really good things about it it's very um, sweet. So it's I, very sweet. So I need to add it to my list. If you could have dinner with any creator, who would it be and why? Oh my gosh. I would love to have dinner with Junji Ito. <laughs> I want to know, I want to know how that man's mind works so much. <laughs> and then finally, if you could have dinner with any fictional character, who would it be? Can I say my own characters? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I would love to sit Dante down and then lecture him throughout the whole dinner. <laughs> yeah. yep, that, that, that's pretty much what I would do. <laughs> You're like, I don't need to learn anything about him. I know everything about him. But he Yeah, I, I know everything. I, I just kind of want to talk sense into him. That's all I want to do. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Well, May, thank you so much for taking some time. Listener, please go to Webtoon. Check first ones out. From there, go to the creator profile. You can follow May on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, check out her incredible work. The teaser you gave us of your next thing uh, has me like, uh, I'm very, very curious to see what you do next. And uh we're going to be rooting for you. We're very, very excited about what you've done and thrilled uh, for what you're going to do in the future. So thanks for taking the time to join us. Here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This has, this has been so much fun. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. If you have any feedback or want to be featured as our next guest, please write to us at pixelsandpanelspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, like, or give us a five-star rating. See you all next week.